Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Howard David Live on a Thursday as we welcome in Randy Cross, a uh, former member of the San Francisco 49ers outstanding lineman. I got to ask you this before we even get into the NFL today. When you look at games and you realize where you played and all of the punching and pulling and yanking and you were a part of that, doesn't it make you like say, what the heck was I doing? <laughs> You know, I'm more on the side of what the hell are these guys doing? <laughs> uh, it doesn't quite look like football, but it's uh, it, but it's safer. I'll tell you that. Safer, but not for quarterbacks. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's it's pretty damn it's pretty dang safe for quarterbacks too. Um, you just have to have medical people on the scene that actually have a clue what they're doing. But it's um, you know, I, I think the rules have made it about as safe as it's going to get. The helmet technology is something that needs to get uh, obviously considerably better. Um, but I think, you know, if you look at those those guardian cap things you see guys wearing in practice, yeah, I think that's, that's something that has broken kind of a barrier for the helmet manufacturers. If guys are willing to do that and make their helmets heavier to be safer for practice, then the manufacturers can add weight to the normal helmet and make it better and make it, you know, safer. I think that's something you're going to see here in a pretty, pretty um, tight timeline as far as that happening. But I mean, heck, the rules back in the line of scrimmage back in the day, it was it was pretty crazy. It was pretty much no no holds barred stuff was going on inside, you know, between the tackles. And now they've eliminated much of that. And I think they've eliminated much of the um, much of the kind of unexpected hits. The expected hits and the physics of the game aren't ever going to change. You know, like like Tua's first hit. That there's nothing you can do outside of just hope the helmet technology makes that snap back and that slam on the ground maybe less of a factor. But there's nothing going to make that brain come into a halt that fast any better. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, there's discussion about in the offseason coming up with addressing the roughing the passer rules, etc. Uh, but yet when I look at the hit that Tom Brady took, uh, that, I've seen a whole heck of a lot worse than that that wasn't called. I didn't think it was roughing the passer, and neither does the majority of the people. But putting that aside, there's one rule that I think needs to be addressed because it's way too penalizing, and that's the pass interference rule. I mean, you, you give a guy a pass interference call that turns into a 60-yard penalty and changes the outcome of a game. I'm, I'm so in favor of going to the college rule. 
15-yard penalty. That's it. How do you feel? Yeah. Yeah, it would probably make more sense. I think it's actually almost a strategy for some teams if they get single, if they know they're going to get man. And they also know that, you know, this guy's pretty good, but he's going to be all over our guy. Throw it up there. Throw it on the receiver's outside shoulder where even the DB can't get it, and he's got to go through your guy. What's the worst thing that happens? It's incomplete, and the best thing that happens is they throw a flag and you just made 50 yards. Right. So, yeah, I, I, I think that's one thing that you may see. Uh, if it affects – it's got to affect a very narrow group of teams, though, Howard. You, you know how this works, and you know which teams and which owners I'm talking about. If it affects those guys – there's a chance that rule can change. If it affects the other probably 25 teams, they're going to have to appeal to those other seven guys. He's Randy Cross. Uh, I uh, Before the season started, I'm looking over the teams and so on and personnel and uh, Russell Wilson going to Denver and, and all these things. And so now that we're six, six weeks in, I mean, I'm looking. If, if I'm looking at the biggest surprises thus far this season in the NFL, I'm going to start with suburban New York. I mean, here are the Giants and the Jets. That the Giants have already won more games now than they won all of last year. The Jets have won as many games as they won all of last year. So when you look at MetLife Stadium, all of a sudden there's a lot of joy going on. But here's the one common denominator: neither quarterback is making big numbers. They're winning with defense. They're winning with running the football. Yeah, and neither neither quarterback's making the, the really dumb mistakes. Right. And they're being, they're being smart with the ball because, you know, both Jones and Wilson found out, hey, you know, if we run the ball well and we play good defense and I don't do anything stupid that gives them field position that will hurt us immediately, we got a shot. Um and the other thing that come out of that, that that whole situation in New York is sometimes, and lightning can strike twice in the same city, sometimes the draft works. And sometimes you draft the right guys with the right coach at the right time, and you see some pretty rapid results. And, you know, that's part of it too. I think mean, the Giants and their approach to the line of scrimmage, um, and then, they, you know, drafting Jones, drafting Barkley, Drafting line, drafting D line with Thibodeau and whatnot, they got better pretty quick, and that's that's part of it. And that and that and really good coaching. I think the coaching has made a big difference in both places. Both Dable and Sala have shown people that you know, heck, it's it's not the geography and it's and it's not exactly nuclear science. The Giants, as an example, Randy, averaging they're yielding less than nineteen points a game. Uh, we saw two weeks ago how they got after Aaron Rodgers, and, and particularly in the last couple of series, I mean, they were beating him silly. And then the Jets obviously took a page from it. They sacked him four times last week, hit him, I think it was 11 times in addition to the four sacks. So, I mean, all of a sudden you look at Aaron Rodgers and you're saying, he's, is he not getting protection? He doesn't have enough receivers. Uh, they're one of the disappointments this far so far with a record of three and three, but I don't think you stop there. You look at Baltimore at three and three, you look at Cincinnati and the Rams, the two Super Bowl teams last year, they're both three and three. I mean, what's going on? Yeah, I put the, I put the, the Raiders, 
right in that same same category, and they're one and four. Mm. I mean, I that's that's relatively inexcusable. You know, them and the Cardinals right there in that kind of bad, and it's 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 early. It's still at that point of the season where you can look back and go, boy, can you believe we were like two and four, or three and three after six games, and we ended up X. Um, it's not impossible. If I was at Green Bay, it's living proof, Howard, that it's not always you got to have that great quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is still really good. Last time I checked, he's won some MVPs pretty recently. Um, and, and he has not gotten protection. He does not have the same kind of receiver group. He doesn't have the chemistry with the receivers. Um, you know, I, I think last time we talked earlier in the season, we talked about, hey, it's going to take them a month to two months to really get the groove going. Yeah, I'm not sure that groove's coming back. I'm not, not, not this season. They're going to have to retool that whole situation from a receiver standpoint and, and, and get him some protection because that's the easiest way. You know, what's it in boxing? Get the head and the body dies. Well, in football, it's get the quarterback and the offense dies. Yeah. He's Randy Cross, uh, former NFL lineman. Uh, when you look at the NFC North, uh, it's always been the Packers that have been a dominant team in the division. Well, how about Minnesota? Five and one. Uh, I never expected that this early. Did you? No, not really. I mean, the, the, you look at it, though, just by dumb stats. You know, and stats sometimes are deceiving. But one stat that's not deceiving, they're the only team in that division with a positive point differential. Hmm. So far this season, they've scored 21 more points than they've given up. And nobody else in that division is even close. The next the next team is minus 18. So, yeah, that that's more than anything else. They're playing some D. And that's something I think going in, you were looking at, you're looking at Cousins, you're looking at all their offensive toys and whatnot. And they haven't scored a, it hasn't been a scoring orgy. Nobody in that division has actually been scoring like crazy. I mean, Detroit has actually scored more points than the Vikings, but they've only won one game. So that tells you a little bit about how important the defense is for that team. When you talk about surprises, uh, last year we were talking, referring to the NFC East as the NFC least. Now they're the best team division in football, led by the unbeaten Philadelphia Eagles, then the Giants at 5-1, and one, the Cowboys at four and two, top to bottom, this is the best division record-wise in the NFL. It, it surprises me. Oh yeah, I, it surprises everybody. I think there's no doubt about it. I mean, New England's at the bottom of the barrel at what three and three. <laughs> so, um, you know, and, and as surprising as that is, Howard, look out west. You know, in, in the uh, NFC, you've got the you've got the Rams on top of that division with San Francisco at three and three. And they're all did that whole debate. We talked, when we talked before the season started, you know, and we both came to the conclusion that the AFC West and the NFC West would have two or three playoff teams. Heck, if you had, if you had to draw playoff teams now, I'm not sure if any of those teams (laughs) get a playoff spot. So it's, it's crazy. I, I think what the East has done is something that's, it's fun. Now, will it hold up for the next 11 games? Um, I'm not sure, but it is fun now. 
Well, in the AFC East, you got Buffalo. And then, <laughs> I guess you'd have to say it was the Jets after that and Miami and New England. But you look at Josh Allen and what he's doing. I mean, he's already thrown 17 touchdown passes. He's only been picked off four times. You can't get a good clean shot on him because he's so mobile. Uh, I still maintain that Buffalo, if they're not the best team in the AFC, I'm willing to say they may be the best team in the NFL. Yeah, I, I think you would have to conclude that right now. I mean, I talk about that point differential stat. They've given up only 81 points. Their point differential is plus 96 after six games. That's I'm surprised they're not six and zero. Plus plus ninety six. They're they're that good. That defense is a bear. Um, they're made to stop the run and make you pass. And on the other side, you know, there's nothing that the, the Bills' offense can't do. And that's that's the scary part. And I just you know, I think Zach Allen's he, he's impressive. He's fun to watch. He's a big old dude. And uh, I hope they take care of him because he's, he's, he's a pretty special pretty special player to watch. He deserves the protection. Well, they got a little help with the defense. Uh, they got a little help with the linebacking core, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. I mean, they're, it is fun to watch. That, that game with, with the Chiefs, it started out kind of like many other really hyped matchups really they start slow and they start boring and i think at the end of the first half it was like scoreless our first quarter he will look at that and went, man where's the game we were expecting but you know by the fourth quarter you were getting exactly what you thought and buffalo just showed and they showed sunday and they're going to show i think as we go along until further notice and if fate doesn't intervene they're going to be the best team in the league you know, we talked before about the Jets uh, a little bit, uh, not, not as deep, but you look at this team and what Joe Douglas, the general manager, has done. I mean, he's, he had an incredible, you give, a, I give him a, an incredible A-plus rating for his draft this past year and his free agency acquisitions. That wide receiver slash tight end room is markedly better than it's been for years. Yeah, those guys are dangerous, aren't they? Yeah. It's it's fun to see. And, and tight end is guard, getting to be back to the quasi, you know, the, the power guys are still there. The guys that will smack you in the mouth and, and block you like crazy. You know, the guys like Kittle and, and whatnot are still there. And the Kelseys who can do both. But there's a blend of guys now at tight end. They're basically big, strong, wide receivers. And, you know, I put I put Pitts from Atlanta in that same category. And it just puts so much stress on the middle of a defense. You're, you're, you're going to man somebody in there? You're going to man somebody like that? So, yeah, you, you look at the tight end position. I don't think there's another one in the, in the league that has probably morphed as much over the, over the years. There's always been great tight ends. But right now, there are rooms where there's two, three, four guys that can really be dangerous. Well, the Jets uh, picked up Conklin and Uzoma. Uh, they haven't gone to him as much as I thought they might, but that may change over the course of time. But the Jets' defense, uh, which has been maligned because you knew you could throw on them, well, the way that well, the Williams brothers had a weekend, Quinnen and Quincy Williams, 
Quincy Williams had 14 tackles in the Green Bay game, and Quinnen Williams had two sacks, was named the AFC Defensive Player of the Week. And then Sauce Gardner, this young kid, I mean, at the corner spot, which gets a tremendous amount of credit and criticism, this kid has really started out in, in a great way. I mean, I don't know if the Green Bay fans appreciate his putting on the cheese head, but but the, the, the kid can play. Yeah. Well, you know, it ain't bragging if you can do it. And, you know, it's he's almost as good as he thinks he is. And yeah. that's always dangerous. <laughs> There's uh, there, he, he's, he's getting to be one of those guys that can, can you, you want to watch him. And there aren't many guys. I mean, Dion was one of those guys. You go down the list. There's, and I'm not comparing him to anybody like Dion Sanders. But when you see him, yeah, it was true in college, and now it's trans, transferred over to the NFL. He's one of those guys, when you watch a game, you watch him. You, you might be concentrating on the quarterback on the other side, or you might like a receiver, or you might have a defense, but you watch him when you get a chance. And deservedly so. He's fun to watch because he's getting to be where he can kind of bait people. And when you're good enough to recover like that, that's when you're really dangerous. And, and he's got that kind of talent. Well, offensively, the, the performance of Brees Hall, who I think was a second-round pick, uh, and, mm-hmm. and people criticize the Jets for picking a running back at that spot. But he gets over 100 yards last week. I thought it was going to be Michael Carter that was going to be the, the workhorse offensively, but... Reese Hall has now stepped in and is getting a lot of attention. And it's not too bad when you've got two good running backs. No, no. I mean, after six games, it's it's fantastic. Wait till you see it after 12 or 15. That's when you really make it pay off. That's when your running backs sort of, because you've already passed the midpoint here in a couple of weeks, that's when your running backs have to carry that sort of title of closers when you get them in the games. And you've already seen that in a couple of these games where that running game kind of puts people to sleep at the end at the end of a game. And, and both those guys can do that. And they can share it, which is the best thing, because then you last longer. We talked earlier, Randy, about teams that have been disappointing. We uh, forgot to eliminate, forgot to mention Tampa Bay. Uh, I expected Tampa Bay to win the division. They still might. But uh, uh, and they're getting after Tom Brady. He's starting to yell at everybody. Yelling at his offensive line. He's yelling at this guy. He's yelling at that guy. I don't know another guy who bitches more than he does at the referees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's always been like that. I, I, it's, he's always let them know what he thinks of the kind of job they're doing. Um, and he'll, he'll let his offensive line know about what kind of job he thinks they're doing. Um, it's starting to kind of look like and it's not a tell on age necessarily, but, you know, he might have staying retired might have been the best idea. All the way around, staying retired was probably the best idea. Now, there's, you can't un-retire, not at this point. There's no graceful way to go. So he's got no choice, but it's, uh, it's I, I, I don't know. It's kind of sad, but it's hap- it happens to everybody. Well, you said all the way around, you, you include his personal life, and it mm-hmm. seems to me an obvious uh, disconnect between he, he and his wife. Uh, that's for them to work out, but uh, Brady uh, first retired, and then he unretired. 
Uh, I guess he took his wife by surprise. But moving on, uh, we talk about Philadelphia and the NFC East. NFC East. It's no longer the NFC East. But Jalen Hurts as as um, he's he's a dual threat. He can throw it. He can run it. And I mean, you look at the the, the common thread. Because there are a number of quarterbacks in the league. We start with Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray. Uh, maybe I'm leaving somebody out. But this is becoming a, a kind of a, as you well know over the course of time, it's a me too league. You do something well, I'm going to try to copy it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and the Eagles are another team, besides being undefeated at this point, uh, that you look at what they did through the draft and their signings, they're they're very, very solid. They're not spectacular. They're a lot like their quarterback because Jalen Hurts has never been a spectacular guy. But you know, much like what he did at college in, in college, he led one led led great teams and beat everybody. And right now, that's the same thing he's doing. It's I enjoy watching the Eagles, and I enjoy them for a lot of reasons. But you know, being an ex-O line guy, I like their offensive and defensive lines because that's where they kind of tear people up. We're talking about uh, disappointments. Uh, I don't know if you call a three and three record a disappointment, but when you consider what we expected, I mean, you put the Ravens into that category. They uh, they uh, had a what looked to be a sizable lead on the Giants last week, and the Giants, to their credit. Uh, overcome a 17 to three deficit, but uh, look, we we know that that Lamar Jackson's a tough guy. He fits into that category we talked about: the ability to, to run the football and throw it. He relies on the run more than the pass. But having said that, uh, I'm a little surprised at the Ravens. Are you? Oh yeah, you know what I'm most surprised about is, and you see the stat. This first kind of popped up a couple of weeks ago. Um, is they're not closing really well. And that's something I associate not only with with Jackson, especially in the regular season, but also with Harbaugh teams. You know, they've been dangerous late. They will come back and snatch games away from you. Um, And that's something you haven't seen from them because they've actually had leads and lost leads late more than they've done the opposite. And if they're going to dig out of this hole, I think that'd be a hell of a place to start is to, to be more effective late. Everyone always talks about, you know, you get in these production meetings and you've been there. Um, oh, well, we've got to start. Well, we've got to start with smart, effective football. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Well, you know what? Also, you better finish because if you don't finish, you know, that that old object in the mirror is closer than it appears. So are opponents usually during games. And if there's one thing that Baltimore is not doing like they have in the past, that's finishing games in a smart, timely manner. When the Cowboys lost Dak Prescott, most people felt like, well, the season's over. Well, Cooper Rush has come in and done a pretty good job. Uh, they're 4-2. and two. Prescott supposedly is going to play on Sunday. It's a good time to come back if you're Dak Prescott because you're facing the Detroit Lions uh, in Dallas. Uh, that's... That's a good way to come back against a team that's right now at one and four. Yeah, and they're they're giving up a lot of points. Um, that's something that's always good to see when you got a quarterback coming back. Uh, there's no real downside to the Cooper Rush thing for Dallas. They now have they have trade equity, 
with a quarterback that, that people now know can win as a backup, I think it's been long kind of a, a standard. If you have a backup that you can be at least 500 with and you're a good team, you've got an effective backup. It's when the team falls apart when your starter goes away that you, you don't have anybody. And Cooper Rush played his butt off. You know, everyone acts like, oh, well, last week, well, yeah, okay. But he was in there for the better part of what we've seen in 2022 and done a really good job. So Jerry Jones now knows he's got that kind of in his back pocket. And you never know what's going to come up in the way of trade talks and, and things like that because quarterbacks are always in demand. You know, look at look at what happened with Jimmy G. He was hurt, and he was still kind of a, a subject. So, speaking of Jimmy G, the 49ers host the Chiefs in the in the late window on Sunday. Uh, 49ers still very much in it at three and three. Kansas City's now at four and two. Uh, do they miss Tyreek Hill? You can't help but miss Tyreek Hill. But there's still a team that's very much a contender, certainly in their division. Yeah, with Patrick Mahomes and Jones and them on D, and nah, they're they're right there. You know they they seem they they seem to be the exact same team. They'll be the best team on the field Sunday. I mean, when those two teams play, uh, San Francisco's had some injury issues. Looks like they're going to get Williams back at tackle. They've still got a couple other guys limping and leaning. And, and, you know, what there were some eight guys on that defense last week were either out or hurt. And, yeah, and Atlanta handed, handed them a two-touchdown defeat. So you, now you're going to look at Kansas City with that offense and that defense. Yeah, San Francisco is going to have some issues with Patrick Mahomes and company. I, uh, I, I like Kansas City's chances. If there's a... You know, less than you know, six and oh, five and one team. I would love to be a part of. That would be the one. Is Kansas City? They are built to win everything, in my opinion. I think they're that good. Game that's interesting to me to watch, intriguing anyway, is the Miami Dolphins at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are having the post Ben shock uh, has hit them, uh, but the Cowboys supposedly they'll get Tua back this week which can only help them, they've got enough weapons offensively to score points. There's no doubt about that. Oh, no. I'll be, you know, I'm, I'm very curious. I hope I hope Tua is going to come back and be the regular Tua and be effective and healthy and everything else. Because um, Miami, much like we talked about, you know, West Coast teams, it's always good to have the West Coast teams playing well. When Miami's good, that makes the that makes the AFC East better because that gives a, a, a foil to who normally dominates that division in, in New England, and then that means the Jets have that sort of natural rivalry with the half of their city that moved to Miami. Um, <laughs> that's I, I I love what the Dolphins have done and the kind of team they are, and I think uh, McDaniel's done a really nice job of kind of. Keeping the keeping the ship on a pretty even keel, despite some of the craziness they've had to go through. Well, it's uh, it's amazing to me. You know, you, you say, well, how much value do you put on coaches? Well, a lot. 
because I look at what Brian Dable has done with the Giants. I mean, go back to the beginning of the year when he had the nerve to go for a two-point conversion to win a game. And I'm sitting there watching it saying, he can't, it doesn't make any difference. If he doesn't make it, people will say, well, you know, it's tough. If he does make it, he's a hero. More importantly, he shows his team that he believes in them. And I think that was the best thing that happened to him on that particular Sunday. Yeah. No, I agree with you 100%. 100%. And that gets overlooked a lot. You know, because this is a... This is an analytics, metrics, gambling, fantasy football kind of world. And that one word, gut, doesn't fit in any of those categories. And sometimes, you know, and, and analytics are great in their place. But they, oh, it can also be kind of an excuse. It can be something you can lean on. If you're a coach, you go, hey, the card said go. What can I tell you? <laughs> that was one of those situations where the card said go, I don't think. Well, what about how do you where do you put that with John Harbaugh a few weeks ago when he he cited analytics and it basically cost him a game? Yeah, yeah. So that's what I mean. That's the thing about analytics, and you're seeing it in the pro game, and you're seeing it in the college game a lot, especially on fourth down conversions, end of games, two man, you know, two points, everything else. They go to the they go to the card. What color is it? You know, is it green? Is it yellow? Is it red? I don't know. Um, there was a time when the quality of those decisions were based on the guy that was making them, not on the color of the sheet he was holding. And that, that's kind of sad, but it also gives you an excuse. And, you know, if you, if you need the excuse when it's all said and done with, you know, maybe you should have made another decision anyway. (laughs) Oh, it's good talking to you, my man. You stay safe. Anytime. He is Randy Cross, outstanding offensive lineman from his days with the San Francisco 49ers. Before we hook up with Barbara Barker, who covers uh, the Brooklyn Nets for Newsday, a comment about last night's ALCS, first game with between the Yankees and the Astros. I bet my house that the Astros are going to win the game last night. The Yankees were in a tough situation. They had played the night before, got on a plane, Flew to Houston, then I had to get up and get ready for the game and so on. And they wound up losing the game 4-2. to two. Not a surprise. Also going against uh, Verlander, uh, who's going to win the Cy Young Award in the American League. That didn't help. But on top of that, they're going to play a game again tonight. Okay? And another game on Saturday? Like, who... What evil individual made up this schedule? I, I, do I think it's fair? No, not to both teams, not to just to one. But understand this. Houston's played, I think, four games in 14 days. The Yankees seemingly have been playing every day. But they're going to need to get more, more from Aaron Judge uh, and, and Stanton and some of the mainstays because there's not enough bats doing things right now in the Yankee lineup. And Houston, Houston's got a little something, uh, you know, we owe you one. So we'll see how it all shakes out. So we, uh, we will check uh, that whole thing as it, as it comes down today. Do I think the Yankees have a chance? Sure. Uh, but I still think the Astros are the team to beat. And I don't think there's any dispute about that. 
I'm going to check in with Barbara Barker of New York Newsday and talk about those Brooklyn Nets. Hello? Hello, Barbara. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Uh, so you, did, you, did you sit there and watch that disaster last night between Brooklyn uh, and New Orleans? <laughs> <laughs> I was there. <laughs> I, I, I was there. It was, uh, I mean, just about everything that you thought we're concerned about with the Nets happened in that game. I mean, it was not the way you, a sold-out crowd. It was a sold-out crowd at Barclays Center, and that is not the way you want to open the season. It's the exact opposite. Well, they wound up losing 130 to 108. I think um, probably better than half the building was focused on Ben Simmons. Did you get that sense? Yes. There was. A, I mean, you know, there'd been a lot of hype because Ben, basically, what's the only difference between the team that got swept last year and this team? The fact that Ben Simmons is going to play. I mean, there's some other additions too, but that's the biggest difference, right? So, I mean, in a dream scenario, if he comes back and can play like he was when he was, you know, running up for defensive player of the year and is a big facilitator, all of a sudden, you know, we have a good offense, better defense. I mean, him at the highest level, you know, the fans are thinking something good could be happening. But, you know, I mean, this was, you know, the guy, fall, he, you know, he followed out. It was, it was not a good game. It was, it was, it was you know, it was, it was not a good, I mean, it was not a good game all the way around, and it's not, you know, you know, well, let's see, what's his line? Four points? Oh, that's great, right? I mean, it was just not a good game all around. Part of the problem is the guy, the guy will, I mean, I, I guess he just doesn't want to drive to the basket because he doesn't want to get fouled, and that makes things complicated. He fouls out in 23 minutes. Right. <laughs> you know, right. that's... That's very unusual, but you know yeah. you can't just point that finger because here's Kevin Durant who has 32 points. The rest of the starters scored 42 points. Right, right. I mean, it's basically so we have the same. So how different is that from what we saw? You know, a lot last year where Kevin Durant scores all these points. I mean, a lot of times because it wasn't because Kyrie wasn't on the floor. Kyrie had a, a had a not very good game at all. A lot of his points came in the second half when things were way decided. I, he he missed open looks. I mean, he 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 definitely did not have a good game and missed a lot of open looks uh, early on. And if that's going, so it's all it, it, it was. You know, I mean, they they jumped out to an eleven two lead, eleven two lead. You know that you know the first time out of the year is called three and a half four minutes in to the game. I mean, I don't know. And then afterwards, Nash, you know, talks about, well, you know, they're just getting, you know, they're, they're all new, being together, blah, 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 blah. But, I mean, look at the team they were playing. Zion was back. They were, like, integrating him. I mean, they, you know, I mean, they're completely different teams, but they were also kind of new together, too. I, I just, I thought they would be more prepared. I was kind of stunned. Uh, Barbara, you talk about Kyrie. He's had 15 points on 6 of 19 shooting. But I think it was maybe four or five days ago he, he was being interviewed and he said something about, well, we've got to avoid distractions. And I'm looking at the camera, looking at television going, you were the biggest distraction the Nets had last year. Right? <laughs> I mean, I don't even know how to, you know, I mean... You know, Kyrie has different opinions. Yes, you're exactly right. I don't even know what to say about that. I mean, so I got to say, so far this year, and he played poorly in this game, 
But so far this year, he has not, you know, he has been there, done everything, you know, we're talking training camp. So, I mean, there's a long way to go. I mean, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I just find this game, I know it's just one game, but it's really concerning. Well, you didn't have Seth Curry, didn't have Joe Harris. That's two right. valuable offensive players, two good shooters. When do you think uh, either one or both is coming back? Well, here's the thing about Joe, all right? So he played in the first preseason game. The Nats are always really cagey with injuries, all right, with information about injuries, okay? So before it was, oh, we're just going to rest Joe a game, it's his foot. So, you know, I don't know if, if Joe can come back and, you know, even be – Three quarters of what he was, you know, the last year he played, you know, that's a big difference. Uh, I, you know, I mean, that, that that's, a, that's a huge difference. That's another shooter they have to worry about, you know. So that's a huge difference. I think Seth, I mean, the other thing for Seth is like, you know, he's, he's you know, ankle injuries. This is, you know, he's been plagued by them throughout his career. They did not think he would, I mean, initially they thought maybe he would be back for the beginning of the season, their last preseason game. But, so I don't even really know who's closer. I mean, I guess they say Joe is closer, but I, I, so, I don't want to say, I distrust the information that you get about, that we get about Joe Harris after last year. She's Barbara Barker of New York Newsday covering the Nets. You mentioned Zion Williamson, 25 points, nine rebounds. This is after the guy missed, uh, well, he hasn't played since May 4th of 2021 out with a broken foot but he looked like the old zion last night and you know what he got a lot of help from brandon ingram yeah yeah I mean, he did he, he he did i mean they had three guys score in 20 you know score 20 points all right or more so i mean they they i mean they were uh, i'll tell you zion and if that guy was driving towards me, I would just run and hide in the seats. I mean, you <laughs> right. know, he, he he is really something else. I mean, that what remains to be seen is whether a guy with that kind of, you know, density or, you know, size can avoid injuries. You know, that's the big thing. It's the kind of body that, you know, it seems like it would take a pounding, right? So, I mean, just by its own very size. I mean, that's that's going to be his biggest thing. If he's, if he's healthy... You know that is you know that is they're going to be they're, they're going to be a, they're going to be a tough team. They got they did I mean without him last year they got to the first round of the playoffs. You know what I mean? So they they I, I think they're a team that's that's poised maybe not to be among the elite, but knocking at the door. Uh, Barbie coming up to the Nets. They've got the Raptors in the home opener tomorrow night. Toronto solid team. They go to Memphis uh, on Monday, they go to Milwaukee on Wednesday, and they come home and play Luka and Dallas on Thursday. I mean, some sadist made up the schedule for the Nets early on. That's rough. It's it's, it's rough. I mean, I would say uh, Toronto at home, after what you just did, you better try to win that game, all right? So, I mean, because Memphis, I mean, Memphis is a tough, tough, tough out. And then we all know they get up for Milwaukee, but, you know, I, I, I mean, those two games, I mean, they could be 0-4. Easy, easy. Maybe 0-5. I mean, it's possible. Oh, five. Yeah, yeah, when they come 0-5. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it is, you know, they, they got – I mean, they, here's the weird thing. Uh, like, when they do my preseason preview – I just said this team is impossible to figure out. I mean, you look at you look at who's on the team, 
and the talent level and the all you know um, you know the all star and, and and who's you know two you know who's won you know titles before and you think this team could you know go all the way and then you look at like remember what happened last year or, or that you remember that something always goes crazy with Kyrie right so I mean and they're like they could really be awful I mean and they were really awful that was that was I was I was stunned by how awful they were Barbara let's talk about uh or I, you're the one to ask um do you yeah. expect with all of the discussion all off season about Durant wants to be traded Kyrie wants out blah 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 is there any carryover effect from all of that well, I say no, but I mean, first of all, I, I mean, and not that he, you know, Durant, Durant is, a, is an incredible professional on the floor, all right? I mean, you cannot question, you, and out of all the people in the post game yesterday, you know, he's the one that came right out and said, I should have played better. Durant should have played better, he's the one that played well, you know what I mean? And there were, I mean, there was a few stretches where he didn't. But, I mean, you know, the team was, uh, I, I mean, it's just, so you never can question what he did on the floor. But you can, I, I don't know, I, you know, I, I, he obviously wanted to leave because he doesn't believe that they can get it done, all right? And, you know, then how, if you're, if you're Steve Nash, do you coach a guy who tried to get you fired? I mean, not that Steve doesn't, you know, I mean, Steve has some, is okay even even today even even i mean even yesterday steve also you know his 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 game time coaching not you know it, it leaves a lot to be desired you know his play calling and stuff i, I don't even know how much of it is him you know so it's just I, 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 he's gonna he's gonna be if this keeps going like this He's going to be the first piece that falls. I think he'll be the scapegoat for. I mean, and it's not all his fault, but I mean that he is the person most on the hot seat. She's Barbara Barker of New York Newsday covering the Nets. When you look at the East, and it's deeper than the West. I think we can agree to that. Uh, yeah. I mean, Boston uh, coaching change, obviously that they didn't expect. They come out, they win their first game. Chicago Bulls last night beat Miami. Uh, going down the list. But I think when you look at Boston, Chicago, Toronto, Atlanta, Cleveland, with the addition of Donovan Mitchell to an already pretty good young group, uh, Miami, Philadelphia, and Milwaukee, the Nets are in a fist fight to, just to break through that that cluster of good teams. All right. I mean, they're going to have to fight to get in. You know, to you know, to a playoff position. All right, it might be just like last year. Maybe they won't even make. I mean, I actually think this could go south very fast. All right, I mean, you know, this could be a disaster. So, I mean, talk with me in a month. But I mean, I, 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 I even think about playoffs right now. I think I'd get some stuff straightened out. I mean, I am actually a big Simmons fan. Because I think what he does well, he does so well. I think it just, I don't know why guy can't hit free throws. It's the only thing I could do. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I, I just, I, some guys, I just, I, I guess you just think too much or something. But, you know, he was 0 for 2. He, he, he was 0 for 2 yesterday from the line. It's just, it's just, it's, I, I, it really just takes away from everything else that he's so good at. You, um, you, you made some reference to the coach, Steve Nash. Yeah. Uh, 
I, do you, you, you really sense that he could be in a lot of trouble uh, sooner than later? Well, I mean, let's say they let's say they go zero and four, all right, or zero and five. I mean, let's say it's just a really horrible. I mean, they have a they have a horrible they have a horrible time. I mean, they have a West Coast trip, you know, real early. I think they play. I can't remember. They play, you know, a, a very heavy load of um, uh, 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 of their games on the road, uh, you know, through the end of November. It's a it's a brutal schedule, and you know, if they. You know, like, see teams, if they, they, they get desperate to, like, do something to jar themselves out of, like, a disaster, and the thing that they would do is probably, I mean, what's the easiest thing to do is to get rid of the coach, you know? But, yeah, I don't know. Then you have, I, 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 I don't know. So, I mean, I think he's on, I think he's on the hot seat. I mean, they obviously, obviously the team owner and Sean Marks, the general manager, really likes Steve. Uh, otherwise, they wouldn't have, you know said no to Kevin and tried to convince him otherwise, but I don't know. Kevin doesn't seem very convinced. I mean, but you cannot, I can, you cannot really quibble with the way he plays. You know, you can't, you know, you can't quibble that, but it, it, it can't be just him. You know, there's, there, there were, I mean, I gotta say there was some interesting, I, I don't want to say there was anything good that happened in that game, but there was some, I see the potential for you know, uh, you know, I mean, better defense. I Roy, uh, Royce O'Neill is a good defensive player. I mean, I don't want to say there was great defense in a game where they were hammered like that, but there are there are, there are some there are and there are some there is a potential for them to be better defensively. <laughs> but you think, but the offense was there is a big problem. How is that possible? Well, you mentioned the West Coast trip. It starts November twelfth when they go to play the Clippers. The Clippers. Yeah. Uh, for my money, I'm putting them in the top four in the West at bare minimum. I think they can contend. Uh, oh, I, I, I mean, I'd love to see. <laughs> I've always been like, I don't know why, just sort of a Clippers fan, just because I think it must be hard. It, you know, they're like they're like the Nets of LA, you know, sort of, right? So, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'd like, I'd like. I mean, they have been good in recent years, but I'd like to see the Clippers. That, that would be interesting. The Lakers, I mean, they're a disaster, too. What's going yep. on over there? Yep. Well, so, uh, hey, Barbara, I'll tell you what. I watched a little of their game last night. Or was it last night or the night yeah, before? I forget. Watch. I watched a little of that game. Outside of LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and uh, and uh, and Westbrook, I couldn't tell you who the rest of the team was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is... I, 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 yeah, it, I, I think, I mean... I, it may be a contest for which team is like, you know, the bigger. I mean, the Nets or the the Lakers, the bigger disappointment. I mean, if things don't 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 straighten out for those teams, so right. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's yeah. But the Clippers are very, very. I agree with you on the Clippers. They're 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 a good team. Yeah, well, you got the Clippers, then they play the Lakers. I'm talking about the Nets. Then they play Sacramento, uh, yeah. and then Portland, and then Memphis. And Memphis got away with one last night. I mean, they, they had a 14-point lead on the Knicks and let them back into the game. The Knicks deserve credit for that. But, man, watching John Morant, I can't. I must have been a half a dozen times I stood up in my seat and went, wow, what a yeah. player. Yeah, Memphis, I mean, that, I mean, you know, the Nets play Memphis in two games, not the next game, but the first road game. Their first road game is against Memphis, and that is really going to, that is going to be a tough out. That is, that, that team is good. Well, that's that's on Monday, and then they got Milwaukee on Wednesday, both on the road, before yeah. coming home to play Dallas. Look, I, I think Steve Nash has done a good job 
Uh, but you're right. I mean, it's it's not going to be his fault now. They get Curry back and Harris back in a reasonable amount of time. Okay, at least it gives them two more offensive weapons uh, to help him out. I, I still think with Ben Simmons, I think he needs – his issue, I think, is above the shoulders. Um, he gets that solved. He can be a contributor. Yeah, I mean, so here's the thing. The Nets – I mean, if he can't get it together here, uh, I, I mean, well, you know, I, I, I don't like to talk lightly of, like, mental health issues, all right? But, I mean, and I think there, you know, uh, you know, definitely were are some, but, I mean, many people have that and are, you know, and, and, and lead, you know, very productive lives. So, um, but I think that the Nets are trying to be everything that he's that that ben feels he never got in philadelphia all right so no matter i mean you will never sometimes i just want to play back a mixtape of how positive steve nash is every time he talks about ben i mean you know it's you know we have confidence in ben Ben, you know it, it's it's it's, a, it's unbelievable. I don't care if Ben ever, like, you know, takes a shot, we have confidence in his game, blah, blah, blah. I mean, they are trying to do whatever possible. I mean, Patty Mills is from, you know, uh, you know, has known Ben's family since Ben was, like, five. You know, he's there to he's there to support him. I mean, there's it's a very supportive environment. So it's if he's going to get it together, this is one of the best places for him to do. And he does seem kind of... Like, relax. I mean, he does seem kind of relaxed. He was disappointed by the way he played last night in the post game. I, I mean, I think that I mean the jury's still out. I think he can. I think he can get it together. But there's always going to be that problem of playing him in the fourth quarter. You know, yep. in a tight game. You mentioned Patty Mills. He's probably the only one outside of Durant who had a decent game. Right, and I mean, in most his that's completely true. I mean, they got it down to eight points when Durant Durant had like an incredible three minutes at the end of the second quarter. All right, and he took a twenty point game down to eight points, but then they came out were just terrible again. So I mean, they were already losing by twenty points when Patty started. You know, they I just they figured that like, well, we got to hit threes to even make any kind of dent in this. So I mean, you know, Patty had a lot of shots, and he hit, he hit, you know, hit hits him so yes he, he can but you know he can't be your main outside weapon right you know he's, he's too old i mean he's you know at a point in his career where he's not you know fast enough you know he's a you know uh can be a liability on de- I mean, defense it's just like not you know you can't it, it, he can't be that guy before i let you go um i don't know if you've even spoken to the nets owner uh if you have how patient uh, does he uh, appear to you? Now, I have not spoken to the Nets owner, all right? But he does... How patient does he appear? I think he's pretty... I mean, I think he believes in this... I think he believes in Sean Marks, all right? So I think... But, it, you know, at some point... At some point... Eh, you know what? That's a good question, and I cannot gauge it. Everything right now is I'm supporting what I have. You know, I'm supporting this group. Um, but it'll, it'll be interesting to see. He's paid a lot of money for this. Well, that, and then you look at the competition, certainly in the East, it's going to be awfully tough. But we've seen stranger yes. things. Hey, It's going to be tough. I mean, I, the team I'm most interested in seeing is Boston. I mean, you know, Boston, I would have said, like, before what happened, you know, before their coach 
was is he on leave he's on leave right i guess so i mean um before all that happened i would have said oh my gosh i mean they're i i i thought they were damn it would be milwaukee and boston all the way you know but um i i want to see i want to see what happens with them because that's a very talented team well they they're going to be missing williams for a few games i don't know how yeah. many but in jalen brown and jason tatum they got two guys that could light it up every night, and they, they can rely on them. And yeah. I, I, I talk to my former partner, Cedric Maxwell, often, uh, and he says the attitude of this team is pretty good. Uh, with the coaching change, etc. they seem to have gotten in behind the new guy. Okay, that's it. Uh, that's, that, that, that's very interesting. I mean, Tatum, I, I, he's one of my favorite players. I mean, he, he can, yeah, he's, he's quite a player. They, they have, they have, you know, they have a lot of, a lot of the tools, you know. So, but um, I don't know. So I'm going to say check in with me in a month. It's like, <laughs> it could be like a, I, I was talking to my boss today and I said, this could go south really fast. <laughs> or it couldn't. I still am not sure. <laughs> but, you know. I'll talk to you in a month. We'll make a date, and uh, okay. you clear it with your husband. I'll clear it with my wife, and and we'll get it. We'll get it on. <laughs> okay. Thanks so much. You have a great day. Uh, all right? You too, Barbara, and stay safe. Uh, bye bye. You too. Bye. Yeah, she's Barbara Barker of New York Newsday. The uh, the Nets, personally, and when I look at it, Kevin Durant's unstoppable. I put him. If he's not the best player in the league, he's the second best player in the league. You want to give me Giannis? Okay. You want to give me John Morant? Okay. Kevin Durant can play against anybody. Kyrie Irving has enough talent to play with anybody. He's that good. But then you start digging. You start digging. You're wondering where the rest is going to come from. If Seth Curry is out for any appreciable amount of time, they got a problem. Joe Harris, same story. Patty Mills, who Barbara and I talked about, off the bench, fine. But he's not a guy that you're going to get 30 from. Kyrie is. Kevin is. Joe Harris can fill it up from downtown. So can Seth Curry. But what they get or don't get from Ben Simmons will tell you a lot about who this Brooklyn Nets team is. Thanks for being a part of Howard David Live. You stay safe. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.